you don't, man. It's nice to see you again. <laughs> Good to see you, brother. Good to see you. To start with you, Ola. Ola Don is joining us right now on the podcast, by the way. To start with you, Ola. Nigerian-born that moved to Fort McMurray, Alberta. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, let's re... I just want to say what I just said again. <laughs> Nigerian-born who moved to Fort McMurray, Alberta. Yep. How? I, you know what? More importantly, why? <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly still trying to figure that out with my dad. Um, and it wasn't until like, I started creating this new special because uh, um, there's a bit where I start to address, you know, living in Fort McMurray, what it was like leaving Nigeria and then coming to Fort McMurray. And, you know, in that process, I really sat down and was like, hey, I never really talked to my dad. I said, why? And my dad was like, yeah, so we, we came to Canada and we were just looking for jobs. We were in Calgary first, actually. And oh. we're like, we got to Calgary. I'm like, okay. This isn't bad. All right. This is cool. And then my dad got a job in Fort Mac. And we were thinking that Fort Mac and Calgary were probably going to be like just kind of the same vibes. <laughs> we were like, okay. When, when did you move to Calgary or Alberta in general? Like, um, like time of year? Let's oh, just say. Oh, man, full on December. Like we're talking the coldness. You oh, know, really? the coldest is at its peak. Okay, you know, so it, like didn't, it didn't sneak up on you. You knew what no, you were no. getting as soon as you got in there. No, no, no. The second we walked off the plane, we felt we had made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> you know? No, like, I talk about this in the special, too, because, like, I, I remember those days leading up to coming to Canada. We were going, like, jacket shopping. We're like, oh, yes, this is going to be good. We got this, the thickest coat. Like, all of that was just, we had to go literally to Mark's warehouse. We went to Mark's warehouse. Because we, oh, were that, yeah, yeah. we were that serious about the cold. Because everything else we saw everywhere else didn't look like it was going to make the cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy. The moment we got off the plane, we were still in the airport. And like even in just the atmosphere at the airport was cold. And that's right. how different it was for us. Cause, and then we, we had to go outside. The moment we got outside to try and get a cab, now we, we all went right back inside. It was like, we're waiting here. We're waiting here. And then we'll just take turns. <laughs> my, my mom you know, was like, how how old are you at this time man i think i was like 10 or 10 or 11 okay so you there, there's you're like you're canadian now i mean like there's been yeah. some time yeah it's been a long but again, time nigerian born who moves to alberta that's like me toronto-based yeah. Vince, moving to fucking alberta i mean like why would i ever do that <laughs> just man I, we went from i think that day plus 30 to minus 30 in like wow like 48 hours it was it was madness like my body had never felt like it was imagine waking up in the morning and hitting the coldest shower you ever had in your life like but you've never experienced cold like this this is different but, it's like but it was it was a family move it's not like you said fuck it at 10 years old and said no i'm getting out of nigeria <laughs> i'm getting liberated <laughs> yeah I'm, getting, I'm, doing, I'm doing it on my own i'm gonna move to canada no your dad did right it was for your dad and you got you found work I mean, same yeah. with my pops. He came to from Italy, small town. But it's yeah. just like the immigrant story when they come to this country and everyone's got one who's got yeah. immigrant parents. But it's just yours. It's just like, wow, Nigeria to Alberta. To be honest, my dad on the lows kind of didn't want to do it because he used to work at Coca-Cola. And um, I, my parents don't even know I, I heard this all this whole conversation. They don't, you know how sometimes parents be talking and then the kid will hear something. They don't know that you heard it. Uh, right. But I'm just out with my parents here. My dad, the only reason he left uh, Nigeria is because at Coca-Cola, his job required him to like travel 
like a crap ton. Like he was mm-hmm. everywhere all the time. And then my mom was like, this is not going to cut it. You're going to miss your kid's childhood. And then in the, in the process, I think my dad was like nonchalant. I know this sounds crazy. It's, it's not even really like the immigrant story. Like my dad was really like, oh yeah, I guess we're applying for Canada. Like it wasn't enthusiastic about it. Because <laughs> he loved his job at Coca-Cola. So when he was like time for us to move out here, we just came out to this place. And we were possibly looking for new jobs. Obviously, like when my when we first got here, like we did the whole like my mom, she wasn't able to get a great job with her the masters that she had. She was working at McDonald's for a hot second. My dad was like just chilling. But like, exactly, my dad, dad was just chilling. <laughs> and then my mom was <laughs> nice like, pun. Pun. I love him. <laughs> gotta get a job, dad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then my dad finally got a job uh, at uh, Fort Mac. And then he's like, okay, we got a job at this place called Fort McMurray. And I'm like, all right. And oh yeah, this wasn't like this wasn't well received by my sister and I because um, prior because of my dad's job at Coca Cola, we moved a lot and we just arrived in Canada. And my dad promised Calgary was going to be the final move, like the final ah. move. Yeah, so we're like, I right, bet we'll take it. We'll take it if this is the final move. And then we get to Calgary. We were there for six months, and then this guy comes in and is like, Hey, listen, I know we said this going to be the last move, but now we're going to Fort Mac. And then he made all these promises. He said, look, it's going to be great. It's going to be beautiful. And then it gets even completely worse. It, get even, it got even colder. <laughs> it, got, it got even, even more remote. I like that. dropping. <laughs> yeah. I like, you know, if you ask me to move one more time, I'm not coming with you. <laughs> now, for you and your whole introductory into this, into this industry, I mean, I mean, anybody who Googles you and kind of follows your career and knows your story, Comedy was never in the books. You were you were in finance, weren't you? Yeah, um, I was in. I was working at uh, TD Canada Trust till about two years ago. Um, so two uh, years ago. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah, how man. good the money was. Or that's nah. when you finally said, "It's time. Was, it's it's time, time to part ways." It's time. <laughs> and honestly, I was the 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 moment where I decided to like part ways was more of like a, an awakening, more than okay, because I've always entertain the idea of living leaving but like it wasn't one of those things where i woke up i still went to work that day that that was i just quit on the spot because i'm like I'm, I'm get the hell out of here i'm i'm not even kidding you did I you walk like, you like fuck you fuck you fuck I, you you're cool <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish i did but uh that wasn't the energy um what had happened was um i was on the road with ryan williams and we just got yep. back from from Kamloops, and i was hustling back to get back to work and we had to, I can't remember what happened with our vehicle, but we ended up having to leave on Monday morning and I had work at 10 AM. So we had to leave at the crack of dawn. We were hustling all the way back to Vancouver. I got back home, got changed. I showed up to work five minutes late. My boss knows everything that was going on. I'm throwing all the shade at my boss. Um, <laughs> he knew everything that was going on and I showed up five minutes late and he calls me to his office. And at this point, I've done Candace Got Talent. I have to travel a bit more because I have more press on me and stuff. And he's like, hey, look, some of us, uh, you know, this is all we have. We take it seriously. You know, like, you know, some of us can't just stroll in here five minutes late, Mr. Superstar. I'm like, yo, I, I just I just took it in. I'm like, you don't even know what I had to do to be here after telling jokes, having the best time of my life last night. And I have to be here right now. But anyways, I was late. I was late. But then there was somebody who was sick. Uh, one of my coworkers that was sick. And he called him sick. I, I seen everything he was doing on the weekend. 
And then I got his stuff that I had to deal with. He's like, how about you be a team player and handle his stuff? And I'm like, I'm about to snap in my head, but I'm not a snitch. So I didn't say nothing. Right, right, right. I just took, I took his work and I was, everything was just planned out perfectly. I went to the printer and I'm trying to like do some paperwork and I'm standing at the machine. And I'm like, what, what am I doing here, man? What am I doing here? What am I, what am I doing? <laughs> and then I literally, I left the paper there and I went to my boss's office at like five minutes. I was literally at work for all of it. They fired you or you left? No, no, no. I left. I left. I walked okay. in and I was like, hey, uh, I, I'm done, man. I'm done. He's like, hey, you're putting your two weeks? I'm like, no, no, no. I'm done like right now. Two weeks. Like, putting my two minutes. Two minutes, man. I've been here 10 <laughs> minutes too long, warning. actually. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. And he's just like, you're not even going to stay for lunch? I'm like, no, I'm not staying for lunch. See, the dick in that story is your boss. Because for me, how do you not see a guy hustling his ass off to make it to where he makes his bread and butter. Bro. That one showed I, dedication to me. That bro, you hustled your ass off to that bank, no matter if you were five minutes late. But man, you still made it, you made an effort to get there. I mean you didn't say yo, fuck my job. I I could have just called in sick. My brain was like, I could have been like, I'm sick also. Like, what yeah. are you gonna do? Like, if I said I was sick, you're just gonna have to take it. But I'm like, bro, I don't know. For me, him telling me being late. I, I'm I'm like cool with that because I'm taking responsibility for me being late. But it was the it was the extra stuff like Mr. Superstar, the we take our job seriously. All it all of that was animosity. If you were just letting yeah. me know, hey, you're late, you're late. I'm like, that's cool. I get it. I should be more prepared. Uh, it's not gonna happen again. But it, it, for me, it was the oh, let be a team player. All the other extra stuff. I'm like, yo, I I'm off that because. I'm I'm not in a space where I'm celebrated. I'm tolerated. I don't want that. Cause oh, look at you! Yeah, I like that. You're not celebrating. <laughs> yeah. You're tall. I like that. Hola. Yeah. No, nah, man. This is. It was, I was like, nah. This is not for me. Because if I'm I'm in an organization that doesn't appreciate or see the effort that I I'm trying to give out here, I think it's time for me to leave. Which yeah, anybody I, I could should just see the effort you did to make it into work that day. Because anybody can be late. Traffic. I'm late. Miss the subway. I'm late. Those are all I valid drove excuses. From Kamloops. From Kamloops, man. That hurt my feelings. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. Okay, so let's put this into perspective. So, Alberta, but then you moved to Vancouver when? Your early 20s? Yes, my early 20s. So, your yes. first time on stage, from what I'm told, Ola, the lore of Ola Dada, is that <laughs> you were kind of, what, dared? Or your boys were kind of like edging you to get on stage on an open mic? Yeah, no, it wasn't a, do you know what? It wasn't an open mic. So Susie Rossum, so I'll never, God bless her heart, but she's not dead. I just said it like she was dead. Uh, <laughs> so, she's hey, alive and well, bless man. Her heart. Yeah, God can bless her heart, but usually people God say it when someone's dead. <laughs> God bless her breeding heart. God bless yeah. her beating heart. Um, so um, she was running the shows on a Saturday and my boys and I were out. We, uh, honestly, at this point, yeah. Yeah, so she... That's prime she, comedy time. It was legit comedy show. So, like, there was, like, 15 of us. Susie used to run this little small room that sat about maybe, like, 40, 30 people. And 15 of us, like, roll in at the same time. Because we, we, we didn't even know what was going on. We just came into the top for some pizza. But then we heard Hold laughter on. downstairs. The room sat 40 and 15 of you got a fucking seat? <laughs> yes. Because Susie was like, hey, if you want your board, if you want your board to go up. Because I asked to go up, but she was like, nah. No way, of course. I don't know who you are. But then I think, uh, sorry, Susie wanted to fill up the room. She said, well, we'll give him three minutes if you guys all pay 20 bucks for right now to see a guy. And I'm like, hey, 
You guys want to see that? <laughs> so she she made a quick buck, <laughs> and I just went up and I just roasted my homies. And then on the way out, she's like, "Hey, would you like to spawn next week?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Hey. I was like, honestly, I was kind of drunk to be honest. I was like, "Yeah, hey, why not? Sure, why not? This is kind of cool. That was dope. I- I'd do it again." And then um, I came back, and then I just—I honestly coming back was scary for me because at the time my friends weren't there, and I like yeah, I had I mean, no, yeah, no were, content. Yeah. <laughs> I bombed <laughs> second time. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of that episode of uh, what was it, Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Oh, which one? When Will Smith is paired with, uh, I think it was D.L. Hughley, who was the comic, and they pretended to be his old friend from Philly. Yeah, and they were like they were riff raffing in the uh, in like um in a talent agent room. Yeah, like to to become more for an acting spot, and Will Smith was funny, and the agent goes, "Hey, I got a comedy spot for you. Oh. I'll put you on the bill." And he goes up because he was funny in the room. With yeah. DL, he's like, oh, he this guy's on stage. Then DL Hughley <laughs> comes and saves him. They're reminding me of that episode. But you oh, stuck yeah. with it. I mean, here you are now. Yeah, obviously, because of Susie, man. Because I really didn't take it seriously. Like, I like at the time, because my brain, because I was doing, I was in accounting, I was working at TD at the time. So, like for me, comedy wasn't even in in the radar at all. Like, I was just mm. kind of like, oh yeah, this is some cool stuff that I do sometimes. And then um, Susie eventually learned that I that was my first time doing it. Because when she saw me do it, she just thought I was like um, an out of towner that was in town with some friends or something like that. And right, um, right. so and that's I was in a group that's... of fifteen people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. yeah. My homies, yo, my groomsmen was about ten people. Yeah. Well, hey, it's been a it's been a year, dude. It's been a year for you. We'll get into all of it, but I mean, yeah, yeah I, I can imagine. It's been a hell of a year. So yeah, I mean, okay, so that was your first time on stage. You stick with the comedy. Um. But now, I mean, you, you do the rounds, you get America, uh, sorry, America, well, you get Canada's Got Talent. I'm used to which it, is, people say. Huh? That's people what I'm used all to. Time. Every time I say Canada's Got Talent, people's brands, America's Got Talent. They're like, right. it's almost yeah, okay. like a fight. We, we, we know the drill. <laughs> yeah. So, how did that whole experience come to be? Because in this day and age of comedy, where you don't necessarily need to hit a million open mics, but comics, much like you, still do. You don't necessarily need to work material after material on, you know, shitty nights throughout the week to get a weekend spot and fight to get a weekend spot. But comedians like you still do. Mm-hmm. How in an industry like this, because a lot of people, and I don't want to use the term shortcut, mm-hmm. but with social media and shows like Canada's Got Talent, how was that all that whole experience for you? What did you get out of it? Because for me, Get it where you can. Get as many eyes on you. Get as many clicks following and, and followers you can on you because it's a tough game, especially in Canada, as we discussed off air. But I mean, mm-hmm. it's a tough game in this industry. So get as much as you can on you. But how was that experience doing kind of a live variety show um, but structured for comedy? Because yeah. a lot of people that go on that show are mostly what? Music driven? Yeah, music driven, dance, magic. Or like really? any, yeah. No, I had a follow- magician. I mean, hey, no, I mean, I just—it's tough yeah. for a comic. I had to follow a dance group of fifty both times. <laughs> you had to follow a dance group of fucking fifty people. Yeah, man. They, they. I, I was funny in the audition. I literally with a Nigerian. Watched, I, w- I wish because then it would have been at least I could have said something about it. But <laughs> this is so out of my depth. I was I was in the back watching, about to go up because I was like, while while the people are on stage are in the side off to the right. side and you're watching the performance and I'm just laughing in my head because these people had like flames 
like fireworks and then they're like there's a pause for a second freeze the scene they're like now the comedian i'm just like all right <laughs> what's up <laughs> but um in terms of the this whole is what, experience your first like audition this is your first go at it yeah my first go at it man wow. i'm just like yo this is nuts i hope this goes well because that was so much energy uh but yeah they were very receptive there was a lot of love um if there's something i learned out of uh, the whole experience was um just being grounded and I know I'm, I'm not trying to get too deep on it, but like at that time when there was yeah, a lot of attention. Deep as you need to. You need a shovel, dig. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to use that next time. Yeah. Um, but at that time where there was a lot of eyes, a lot of attention on me, like there was something I, I actually found, learned something new about myself. I didn't like that social media attention too much. Then I, it was something that I had to get used to because in Vancouver, Vancouver was right. like a really small area and a lot of people had seen the, the thing and I had to, there was a new stepping, like the stand-up comedy have always just focused on going up, doing my thing, you know, doing well, making sure I'm doing well and doing well on stage and getting off. And this was the first time in my entire life I had to deal with talking to people. You know how at the end of the show, stand com people who enjoy your stuff come talk. Yeah, they like critique you. Yeah, not even that. It's like out of love. Like, yo, that was dope. I loved your stuff. You know, oh, okay, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah, those kind of people. Um, but I've never had to deal with that in a setting that I wasn't prepared for. Ah, yeah. So I start. I immediately got so shy. I became people shy. Yo, it was nuts. It was weird. Like the first week, uh, the first weekend, I didn't go out. I didn't leave my house because downtown Vancouver. So many eyes on you. Yeah, there was there was actually there was so much more than I anticipated for. I my brain was like, oh yeah, just go up and crush. Like I didn't really take in. Oh, the whole country is gonna go look at this. And then my phone was like blowing up from like people in Fort Mac that I haven't spoken to in a while. I was. <laughs> it was like it was. It was super overwhelming uh, for a hot second for me. Uh, but I I'm glad I got, like I guess, a fresh taste of that on how to like handle and maneuver myself through all of that. Right. And now I know that, hey, listen, um, you know, it's just it is what it is. People are just happy to see you. Because for me, I got like really, really shy off of that stuff. And I, yeah. I, for a couple for a couple of like weeks in Vancouver, I, got, I like didn't really go out, to be honest. Cause it well, was weird. Cause I can handle stand up when you're talking to me, but then outside I just got so weird. Well, you like it in this more traditional form, right? Because yes, yeah. you know, Canada's got talent. For those who don't know, much like America's got talent, you're you're you're, you're doing stand up in front of a a room full of people, thousands. Yeah. And then you got four judges who are going to critique you on it. But yeah. the four judges in Canada are a Carnell Fischel, K hip hop rapper, mm -hmm. Trish Stratus, mm -hmm. a wrestler and media personality. But then you got Lily Singh. And Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel. Hey, yeah. what up? What like out of those four, one, who was the first one to laugh? And two, who gave you the best kind of advice or 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 I guess kind of words to go by after that? Um, Howie, I would say. Because uh, Howie, Howie was, was the first to laugh or Howie was the yeah, first to first to laugh. And first to laugh. Okay. And um and um uh, sorry, Cardinal actually laughed the loudest. Uh, Cardinal was laughing quite a bit on my bed. Okay. Now it's it's kind of hard, it's hard for me to remember who was the first to laugh because it was just so much going on. But like Howie gave me the most the the biggest stamp of approval of the audition. I'll never forget. I almost, my soul almost left my body. And he was like, "Hey, he called it. He's like that. He's like that financial advisor stuff you're doing. That's gonna be no wayside. There's no way I can see you next time you meet. There's no way you're gonna be doing the stand um, working at the at the bank any longer." Um, that for me was amazing. And, um, cause at that time I was still trying to decide if I like, I, when I was doing Canada's Got Talent, like it, it requires so much time of time for me from, from TD where I was like, man, I really hope this stuff pays off because like, 
I'm really kind of on the lows, ruffling a lot of feathers at TD. And at that moment, I, oh, sh- I'm not even supposed to say that. Ruffling a lot of feathers at the bank. I don't work there anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, I was ruffling a lot of feathers. And I was like, yo, like, this better work out. Like, I was I was really scared. This was like a really pivotal moment for me because I had spent so much time, you know, in terms of building myself at an organization where I'm just like, man, am I doing the right thing here? Like, should I be focusing on my, my meeting my quotas? Or like, my, what am I doing? But because of what I did at stand-up, I had to work twice as hard to, like, to, to hit my goals so I can leave to do these things. So at the time I was doing stand-up comedy at, you know, Canada's Got Talent. I was so burnt out because I was burning at all cylinders to make sure I was prepared for the show, but also to be able to leave, I had to make sure all of my appointments were done, like make sure all my numbers were great. So when I got that stamp of approval from Howie saying it was going to be in the wayside, that for me was kind of like, I was like, yeah, and I, I kind of started thinking about leaving TD after that. Cause I'm just like, I don't know, like this is, this comedy stuff is going pretty well. Like if, if I start like planning an exit here, I think I can maybe believe I, I can do this. You know, like it gave me a lot of confidence to like start thinking about actually leaving. Going pretty well. Hold on, man. You, you're going to about to film a, a special. Yeah. Like <laughs> this is like, there are pinnacles in a comedian's career that, you know, you look back and you're like, I, Hey, I did that. I got that. That's, that's, that's booked. That's marked. That's recorded. That's long. This is, you know, this is a moment for you right now. But like yeah. I said, you had a big year. You got yeah. married as well. Congrats. Yes, I did. Thank you. You had Thank what? You. Would you say 10 groomsmen? 10 groomsmen. <laughs> Were there tens bride, 10 bride maids as well? Yes. We, oh, we had a good big, Lord. We had a good big Lord, wedding. that wedding. Yeah, man. Uh, 300 deep. 300, 300 deep. deep. Yeah, man. Dude. Oh. So Amazing. It's been a crazy year for all of that. I mean, you're about to, to record this special coming up this October in Vancouver where you kind of cut your chops. The, 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 the pandemic really did a number, though, on kind of the culture of the comedy scene in Vancouver. A lot of places closed down. What's it like yeah. now out there? You know what? There's the, the We don't have any major clubs right now. Um, yeah. we, we have a few clubs. That are re- we have like three clubs that are really good. Uh, shout out to Ross Dalk. He runs this club called Jokes Please and sits about 200 people every week sold out. Two shows a week. Friday, Saturday, sold out. It's nice. an amazing club. Um, Yuck Yucks in Surrey, amazing club. Um, there's a Yuck Yucks in Vancouver as well, too. Such a fun club to play. Susie Rossum as well. She has she has her own venue called Comedy She's still doing Dark. It. <laughs> she's still doing it, man. She got, she owns a whole building now. She's killing it now. Um, she's still killing it. But the beautiful part about stand-up comedy now is because all of the clubs were kind of gone for such a long time, these just kind of up came came up in the last couple of years. Um, oh, House of Comedy also amazing. Um, there's been a lot of local comic startup shows now. Which is so interesting, and because as a moment there was literally there was barely because even last we spoke, I was like I was telling you there wasn't as many, uh, yeah, you know, shows to do. But now there's just one that's like f- at least five legit clubs you can go like you can that sits over two hundred people uh, that is packed all the time that's in the vicinity. And now on top of that, you have a bunch. I can't even at some of these ones I'm still finding out because I travel so much now that I don't know what's tapped on in the city. I come back, there's a new show. I go there. Super fun to do. It's crazy. There's so many new shows popping up here and here and there. Well, the one thing the pandemic taught the comedians and the, the comedians in, in this industry is that they're nothing but resilient. They'll always yeah. find a way to make shit work. I mean, whether it's building a room, starting off mm-hmm. that way and moving mm-hmm. it into a club, 
build in, mm-hmm. you know, um, more material from either like we discussed social media and building yeah. your following and your brand that way. I mean, it, it opened up a lot of doors that we thought were closed, Yeah. but for companies to keep going through that, I can see that. And I know a lot of clubs shut down, but just people who are more passionate about the art form itself, comedy are yeah. taking it into their own hands and open up their room and giving comics more stage time. You were mentioning tour. Where did you just come back from? Oh man, I uh, I uh, it's been kind of like since January. I uh, kind of went across the entire country from the island all the way out to um, New Brunswick. Um, wow. Yeah. So I just been hitting. What was the craziest and- kind of setting or show you you were at or, or performed at? Does one stick out? Yeah, Timmins. Timmins. Oh yeah, Timmins. Ontario. Yeah, man. Timmins. I don't know where the fuck would you even perform it's- in Timmins, Ontario. Dude, the back of some guy's truck? Oh, dude, it was at his bar. We were going there for a, uh, a gold mine. Um, there was this gold mine that um, that uh, I got an opportunity to perform. An actual, but the like, thing you're is, gonna go mine for gold? Yeah, those are legit gold mines. And it was funny. <laughs> I had to. A Nigerian man at a gold mine. Come on, that Timmins, Ontario. In Timmins, Ontario. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know they even. But did you have like? I mean, people must have been so appreciative. Who the hell goes? Yeah. The, 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 the people, because we went to um, a work site to, to do this, and um, that was fun. But when I went back to the city to perform for, I guess, there was like a venue that was booked out for uh, my buddy and I, Andrew. And man, oh man, these have to be the drunkest human beings I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. I have I don't think I've ever witnessed people this drunk and still functioning. And that was, like, for me, like, if you were drunk and not able to move, I, at that point, if they were asleep, I would have taken that. That would have been fine for me. But these guys were mobile. They were active. Like they were, they were, they were too much. Uh, there was this old lady that got on stage with me and just stood. Let me, let me. Just, <laughs> she didn't say nothing. She just, just stood there. She got on stage with you and then stood there. <laughs> like oh she was like a God. valet, like a. Like you're the million dollar man and she's Virgil. She's just like your muscle or something. I, I have no idea. To this day, that's I don't old, know. That's an old reference from the wrestling world, by the way. <laughs> oh, I didn't get that. I'm sorry. <laughs> million dollar man. Ted DiBiase used to give money to kids. And he used to have this like bouncer henchman yeah. beside him who never spoke. He just stood there. Just, that was yeah, the first that's, image that that's came that's to mind. Was so this that's woman was like your, was your muscle on stage. She was my bouncer, my 60 year old bouncer lady. And, um, there's been a, wild, a lot of wild stuff that's actually that sticks out. And also I had a um, recently um, I was in a Campbell River it, all the way out um, in Victoria. I'm sorry, um, on the island. And uh, this white lady threw a glass cup at me. A glass cup? Yeah, like a wine like glass. A, like a- it was empty. Yeah, she drank it first because she, she's an alcoholic. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Um, but- Nobody caught that on video? Dude, my I didn't even, viral. I know my camera. I didn't set my camera up because these people were too drunk in here. I was too scared, and I messed up. I was like, you know what? That would have been worth a new camera. That okay, no. that shot. Why? Why did she? Okay, because so- <laughs> uh, <our> fr- <laughs> so- I love how there's a story coming, and I'm not quite sure what the hell I'm going to explain. <laughs> a friend had box braid, so she's just done like tight box braid. A friend's white, and I've been roasting her all night for it, and then. uh I said she looked. I said her friend looked like Riff Raff, and yeah, <laughs> she got to look like Riff Raff, dude. It was hilarious. Everyone died, and then it wasn't the it wasn't Riff Raff that threw the glass of wine. It was her friend, and she's like, "How dare you say that?" <laughs> and then threw the glass cup, and then I had to like move, and then it broke, and then she grabbed another one, and then threw it. I was like, "Yo, she grabbed another one. She threw two glass cups, man." <laughs> 
what is up with the was she immediately kicked out or did she like explain herself or what dude no no she was she, we're trying to kick her i fake i fake called the cops and um she she said no she's not going anywhere so they ended the venue ended up actually having to call the cops and they waited for the cops to take them out what a mood killer I know. Oh, no, it was great. It was great. They were loving it. Yeah, because I said as a black man, uh, this is the first opportunity I've ever had to call the cops on white women. So that was <laughs> that was a great one for me. I'm like, this one's in the books. <laughs> but the thing with you is that, it, and if you've never seen Ola on stage, I mean, you're so charming. You got the personality <laughs> going with you. But there, there are so many comedians. It's hard not to like you. Um, but Thank there's you. so many <laughs> comics now that make their name and and credit because they do it. A fucking bang up job at it, but they're so deadpan, they're so dry, they're so like, hey, I want, like, yeah, like, oh my god, like, there's a few come to mind, but I mean, <laughs> the only one really that I, I want to talk about, and I just don't know why the fuck. She's not even a comedian; she's a podcaster. Who's that chick that um, Bobby or something? Yeah, okay, oh, see, you know exactly man. what I was thinking. She interviewed Drake, uh, Bobby Altoff or something. How she became mega famous? She's I'm sick so of deadpan. Her. It's gross. It's not fun. Like, I mean, I take pride in being enthusiastic about the people I'm seeing and the people I'm meeting. There's nothing wrong to be happy about what you're doing. I don't know why but being happy ain't cool no more. <laughs> dude, that's your stick, I guess. I don't know, but I just can't listen to her. She interviewed Shaq, I heard. Holy dude, Christ. How excited how? was that interview? How you doing? I'm Shaq. And then, and then her. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I, 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 just, I, don't, I don't. I get it for some. I don't get it for all. Like, and, and, hey. If that was like a thing that was a one-off, but that can't be your shtick because like if I've never used the word shtick before, but uh, but anyways, hey, that can't be that can't learn a new white <laughs> learning new white words as we get along in this podcast. I know. I was like, when did I when did I ever pick that up? Million dollar man, I gotta fucking give you so many references. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, that's not for me. That is not for my arsenal. Uh, but, like I can't watch an entire season of her just like what what in the world is that, man? She's so non-reactive. I know. I just, I, but it, it just pains me to think like, how is this entertaining or even more so funny? Cause you really got to like, there's some shit online when and everybody scrolls. We all do. We're all guilty of it. Where it's like the, the big thing I've noticed and I know a lot of comics speak out on it is when their material gets used by influencers, quote unquote influencers or, you know, TikTok comics. And they give no credit. They give nothing. Yeah. All it is is they're just lip syncing their material. Yes, it's it nuts. Infuriates me so much. Yeah, and and like there's people that jump on my screen that it's like I don't even know what the real voice sounds like because they've never spoken a damn word, but they got three million likes and followers, and it's just mm -hmm. them lip syncing over film dubbing or a comedian's like how is that? Because the cardinal rule of comedy is. You never steal anyone's bit or material. Yeah. But on social don't... media, that's okay. The content is stolen all the time. Like, you can't even, for me, like, that's why, like, I'm moving towards just, like, putting just crowd work out. Cause... Right. Yeah. I, I've noticed that a lot. And I've, and, I've, and I've confronted a lot of comedians like, hey, your crowd work's been really good because it's all I see online. And I, and I can respect that. Yeah. Because it's a people, moment between steal. you and that audience. Yeah, people steal so much. I've I've seen a lot of comics. I've even like come across like certain content where I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I know the comic who said that. That's that's yeah. not that's not you. Like it's 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 so insane. And like even online, the way things are just going, it's it's kind of frightening because the things that people are getting famous for. Have you ever heard of the um the AI bots or whatever the 
Oh, dude, is, now, well, now what the fuck is AI doing? Uh, no, no. Kind of comedy? No, 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 no. Sorry, I'm, I think I'm calling Hello, it the wrong how name. You? How's everyone doing tonight? <laughs> um, but people go on lives and they act like robots, like cyborgs or whatever. They just like, oh, thank you so much. And people pay money to see this. I don't even know what it's but called. It's a like they come on like that, and like they're introduced as they just XX10729, and then they come out and do the bit, or they're introduced much. as hey, I'm gonna go into a like I'm gonna do an impression or something. No, no, they just turn on it. Okay, let's let me just reenact it. Vince, thank you so much. They're, they're just like, oh, yum yum, yum yum. What delicious? The fuck? Yum yum. And then uh it's it's weird. It's so weird, bro. And people send money. And they will send like requests. So right now, if we're hanging out, someone's like, tap your forehead. Ooh, ow, forehead hurts. Like, I'm not joking you. And there's like millions of people doing this, making millions of dollars. Oh my God, this world has become stupid. This, Dude, is, I'm it's like, like the, this world makes oh. the Jetsons look like the Flintstones. That's another yeah. white reference for you. <laughs> I, 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 I love the Jetsons growing up and the Flintstones. <laughs> now, have you seen this movie? I think it's called Idiocity or something like that. Where the world okay. progressively gets dumber and dumber. I can I can see it. It's happening in front of my eyes. You just search it up. It's amazing. Well, the, really? the how the end of the movie is they banned water and only red dew, red Mountain Dew was supposed to be drank. What? Okay. I gotta yeah, check that the, out. the movie's hilarious. <laughs> no, the movie's hilarious because it's like if the world got dumb, progressively dumber and dumber. Yeah, it's it's but oh, it yeah, took it to I the far totally extreme. Check that out. No, but, and now um, that you mention it, I saw, again, I was scrolling, and I saw a clip of a, I think it was a Dr. Phil episode, where a guy was on his panel speaking like that, that the AI machine is going, and his mother's like, Calvin, you don't have a chip in your brain. Like, she's literally yelling at him, like, stop it. And he won't drop it. He's, that's him. Yeah. And, and that's how he's going to fucking be. Hey, man. Um, that's, that's how he's getting his bread. <laughs> <laughs> when... Okay, the special. Let's talk. Yes. When when when's it been recorded? Where is it being recorded? Give me all the deets. What's happening? Yeah, so I'm recording this live in Vancouver, October 14th. And uh I rented out a space called Elysium. It's such a beautiful space. Um, this is my first time like having a you know doctor, a stage, a backdrop. That that the backdrop has been the most difficult for me because I wanted to make it really feel special. Uh, I'm not gonna backdrop. unveil what yes. So like you know you the sure background. You, people, okay, again, okay. Talk to I, I wanted like to setting. Like yeah, I didn't. I didn't want you to do like a curtain because I, you know, obviously I know I can just do the curtain round because uh, even my agent was like, hey, just do a curtain. There's less things you have to think about, but I want to have a set um, on there. So I, I, I'm gonna call the album call um, call it the Canadian Dream because um, in yeah, in I terms like of in terms of the special, I talk about this places I've been in Canada, places I like in Canada, and obviously like my journey from leaving. TV Canada Trust to full-time stand-up comedy. And then I'm going to close it out with, you know, my experience moving to Canada for the first time. And yeah, that's pretty much what my set is going to be. I'm going to take you through what Canada looks like, where I like it, how I got into stand-up. And is it going like, to be interactive in any way? Is that where the, the background's kind of going to maybe work with you in that? <laughs> okay. I don't want to, I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to ruin it. Cause I'm like, the thing I'm thinking is like every comedian usually makes themselves the focal point and the background's muted. And the I, I, I thought about you, I was like, oh, he's going to come out in like an Eddie Murphy, like delirious suit or a raw suit, like a blue leather or a black, something like that's going to be, you know. I'm not, not going to spoil you know, anything. Very, very, you know, like you're charming. You, 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 bring, you bring the sizzle, you bring the steak. 
you're gonna Twitter. like you're gonna like the outfit. I promise you that. That's for sure. I want to end every podcast with kind of a rundown of questions. Yes, this please. is just from me to you, kind of rapid fire in a way. Your favorite comedian influence growing up, Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Okay, usually a big one. Uh, your favorite stand up today? Oh man, Dino Archie. <laughs> oh, nice. yeah, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. Nice. Uh, favorite comedy movie? Oh man, uh, Dolomite. <laughs> Dolomite <laughs> is my name. The dog, the kind of one with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> yeah, uh, the one with Eddie Murphy. Uh, your favorite club or stage to perform at? Oh, Worldwide. Pick one. Worldwide. Uh, man, can I pick two? Heckler's Absolute Comedy. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, the best set of yours to date. Does one oh, stick out in your head? Timmons, man. maybe? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> best set to date. Oh, my God. Um, you know what? I I would say the best set I ever did was... Uh, oh, it's a bit of a story, though. Um, Tell it. Okay. Okay, it's so I was I was dig. <laughs> fair, fair. Okay, so I, this is like my first road gig, and they, the Nigerian community they, at this time, like I haven't done anything significant. At this time, I pro I had like a solid, maybe not even solid. I had a very loose twenty, a loose twenty, loose and 20. this okay. loose That's twenty. Good. I was only I was only contracted to tell five minutes of jokes, so I was well prepared. I had a solid five at that time. And I'm in Calgary, and I'm opening up for this big Nigerian comedian, and I have a loose 20 at best. And this guy's running late. And this guy was like, hey, listen, do you mind stalling? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can do about like 20, 30. I, I was already lying when I said 30, but I was hoping yeah. I wouldn't have to do 30. And right, then the guy was like, you. go up, do your five minutes, and if we need you to prolong, we will just keep doing this. And I get to Fair 20 enough. minutes. I'm exhausted everything that I have or know. The guy's like, I'm like, all right, cool. Crowd work. You know, I did some crowd work. It was fine. I somehow stretched it to 25 minutes. I looked at him. He's like, the 30 hit, 40 minute hit, 45 minute hit. I'm like, yo, like I, I got on stage. Honestly, to this day, I don't know how I finessed that, but that was the day where I'm like, I am meant to do stand-up comedy. <laughs> like I wasn't wow. I wasn't destroying 40 plus minutes you were on stage? Yeah, I wasn't destroying, but I was just talking and I was still engaging. Cause I just kept doing crowd work with people in the room. There was musicians behind me. I, you know, I started talking to musicians and then I was like singing songs. I don't know what it was. I don't even know what I did. I got on stage. Musicians on stage with you? Dog. Dude, yeah. you're fucking James Brown in there. Give me a <laughs> <laughs> Yo, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. I don't even know I what I did. Been there. And I came out, came off stage. They were like, yo, that was awesome. I'm like, I don't even know. No shit, it was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you booked me for five. You got me for 45. 45 minutes, man. And then the, the, the headliner finally pulled up. And the worst part is there was a host at the show, too. A host that was what more experienced than me. Dude, this guy watched me struggle for 40 minutes, man. I got off stage. I'm like, why didn't you come help me? You've been doing this for a while. And he was like, well, you know, they only paid me for, for 20 minutes. I'm like, but they only paid me for five. <laughs> Holy fuck. I want to gotten their ass kicked. Dude, um, crazy. Yeah. Back to the rundown. Yes. Your favorite place to eat when you're on the road. Oh, or maybe my God. Something you've eaten that sticks out when you were on the road. A greasy oh, spoon, a fucking late night lasagna. 
Jerk, what is jerk King. Jerk, people hate me when I say it in Toronto because there's so many other better Jamaican spots. But Jerk King, I love Jerk King so much. Where? What location? This is at, um, the one on close to Comedy Bar. Oh, in yep. Toronto? In Toronto. Yeah, yeah. That's my favorite place to eat. Yeah. Jerk King. Have you been yeah, to the real King. jerk? The real jerk? No. Okay. Next time you're in T.O., I'm taking to the real jerk. Please, please. Because every time okay. I say Jerk King, people are like, ew, what are you talking about? <laughs> or the only other iconic Jamaican spot in Toronto is Albert's. Algres. Okay. I'll write that down. Two places you got to go check out. Yeah. Uh, best traveling buddy on the road. If oh, you had man. To, who would you want uh, beside you in the car? Oh, man. Traveling buddy, Andrew Packer, because uh, he's very funny. Nice. He's super sassy. Like, he knows, he, like, this guy, man, he's so sarcastic. I don't get sarcasm. And he just, he has a field day. Just That's another sarcastic. language, man. Learning sarcasm is <laughs> a whole other language. Uh, um, Sean, Sean McDonald, Dan Duvall. Uh, oh, those guys wow, are very okay. fun. Yeah, yeah. Ball's great. Love He's that. awesome. I'm um, trying to think. That, those are the, 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 the couple that, that I've had a chance to travel with that I had a lot of fun with. Uh, comic we should all be watching out for right now in this mm. country. Watching out for. Who's coming uh, up in the ranks? Who's coming up right now? That, um, you know what? There's, there's this uh, really, really funny girl. Uh, woman, I should say, not girl. Um Danielle Florence, very, very funny. She she's not out yet. Like she's still she's kind of newer though, but like she's gone on Just for Laps last year in Vancouver. And yeah, she's yeah. been she's been killing it all over Van. She hasn't, I don't think she's had the opportunity like to come across the country, but like, you know, she's really funny. Amy Walsh, also very funny. There's a there's a new string of funny female comedians coming up in Vancouver right now, and it's, it's I'm very excited to see where they go. Okay, I just thought of this right now because A, I've never been to Vancouver, but I'm dying to go. Yeah. So your favorite Italian spot in Vancouver, because I just gave you two Jamaican spots yeah. in Toronto. Also, I also want to add for Jamaican in Toronto, Chubby's. Chubby's. It's okay. more of like Chubby's. a fine dining place, but Chubby's in Toronto. And it's kind of in like a really spot. posh neighborhood. Not posh, but like, you know, really trendy neighborhood area. So it's really cool. It's got a great vibe. You Chubby's, Chubby's right? Alberts. And then for like a quick bite, check out the real jerk. Okay. But in Van City, Good. where I want to come to, What's your favorite Italian joint? Oh man, can't lie to you. I, I don't. Because if I'm taking you for Jamaican food in Toronto, yeah, you gotta take me for Italian food in Vancouver. My my wife, she loves Italian, and I cannot lie to you. We've gone to a few, but I cannot remember the names because I didn't pick it. <laughs> oh, but I can okay. I can I can talk to her, and then I can send you the I can let you know what. Okay, it that's is. your homework. Yeah. When I'm yeah, when I'm in Van City, I'm gonna hit you up, and we're gonna go for plate pasta. Yeah, Chelsea, she loves Italian food. And we, we no went shit. on. It's, you know, <laughs> it is amazing. And no, I also she, like spicy if, food, so that's why I love it. Last watches, question to cap this off, my brother. Here we go. The best advice you ever got in this industry. Oh, man. There's, there's always going to be another show. There's always going to be another show. Yeah, that like was the that. best advice. You know what? That's realistic, and mm -hmm. it's fucking positive as hell. Yeah, because, regardless yeah, of where you are, you can always... Show. There's always going to be another show because as comics, we get, you know, especially as comics is that, that care like us, you know, like sometimes you go on stage and there's a level of performance you want to have. And although you still, I've watched this happen many times. Comics goes up, destroys, walks off. Mm. That was not good. You know what I mean? Start whipping themselves like, oh, I could have done this. I messed this tag up. You know, I, I was on that, on that route when I first started stand-up comedy because of the love and care I have for stand-up and. I believe it was Simon King that told me that. Um, he said, like, hey, buddy, hey, you tried your best, and that's all you can do. There's always going to be another show. And I was like, yeah. He's like, as long as you tried, man, as long as you're prepared, 
It's always going to be another show. I love that. Although it doesn't work for everybody. Like you can't tell Will Smith and there's going to be another show. <laughs> I mean, your ass is banned. Or you can't tell Kramer. <laughs> hey, yeah. hey, Kramer, there's going to be another, oh, be another show. Hey. There's no comedy clubs ever going to book you again. But I mean, some people work, some people it doesn't work. But I love that it works for you. I love the work that you're doing, brother. Um, the special's coming. When's it going to come out? You're filming mid-October? Filming October. When it releases, I aim to have a release before March. But again, you know these things, we have to edit it. and like. Uh, so I'll keep you guys posted on the, the, the release date. But I, I definitely want to have it out as soon as possible. Awesome. Brother, keep kicking ass out in Vancouver. When you're in Thank Toronto, you so hit me up. Thank you for some jerk chicken. And yes, that, that, was, that wasn't even a Jamaican accent. I <laughs> but uh, I was like, I thank you pass. so much for your time, brother. <laughs> yeah, no And uh, we'll touch base down the road. For sure. Take it easy, my friend. That was Ola Dada. Please catch him at a comedy club near you or at his comedy special that he's taping in Vancouver on the West Coast. If you happen to live in that area, check him out live. Ola Dada, he's one of the most funniest, hardworking guys working in this industry. Canadian comedy today. Uh, please support Canadian comedy. Continue to support uh, these great artists I try to bring on. Uh, it, it's always kind of been, you know, a passion of mine to give these guys and, and showcase these guys and give them more of the credit that they need. Uh, not enough has been done for Canadian comedy, hence this podcast. But uh, please like and support and and continue to follow and listen to this podcast as well as I continue to to showcase some great talents that are in comedy and maybe even some that are not in comedy. Some that I think maybe shouldn't even take a stab at it, try to dabble in it a bit. Future episodes are coming up. Thank you for listening. I'm Vince Tedesco, and this is the You Should Do Comedy Podcast. This is a journey.